Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Time with Crystal. I am your podcast host, Crystal Riley. My purpose is to help people live in freedom from shame, guilt, and condemnation. We are starting off by doing radical stories of forgiveness. I am excited. My profession is I'm a realtor and I run a Christian business networking organization called the Tapestry Network. I'm a mother of two teenagers and a wife of almost 20 years. I have a couple pretty powerful stories of my own about radical forgiveness and how I forgave my sexual abuser from my childhood. I am so excited to get to be on this journey with all of you. I look forward to meeting you and interviewing and helping you break free from the lies, guilt, shame, and condemnation that holds us back from what we're called to do. Welcome to Coffee Time with Crystal. I am Crystal, your podcast host, um, realtor, mom, and all the things. Um, And so we I am welcoming Megan DeVito and she's Megan DeVito coaching. Um, so Megan, welcome to Coffee Time with Crystal. How are you Hi, today? Crystal. Thank you. It's an honor and privilege to be here. So thank you so much. You are welcome. I'm super excited. So you have some really great things that we're going to touch base and it's probably way more than one episode and way more than 20, 30 minutes, however long we decide to go today. So can you start off just by telling us a little bit about why you decided to show up today and, and what we're going to touch base on? Sure, absolutely. Um, I had the opportunity to connect with you over the journey of forgiveness. And I think um, that theme of forgiveness has just been so near dear to my heart because of the experiences that I went through growing up into my early 20s and now being a uh, spouse, a wife and a, um, a mom. I just think it's so important to have that foundation of that understanding of what forgiveness is, um, what it looks like to everyone else. It's different, um, but what um, what a uh, freedom it could be for people. Definitely radical forgiveness. That is the topic of the podcast, right? So um, let's, let's touch base on, I know that when I was reading through your questions, um, you were addicted at the age of 15. So what were you addicted to? What does that look like? Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit about that? So I came from a family of, and I'm not pointing any fingers like, right. So I'm not a victim. I'm not blaming anyone for anything. It's just that they didn't know. You know, so I am, um, I grew up in a family uh, with two parents and a twin brother, um, and they had a lot, now I see they had a lot of healing and hurt my parents needed to do on themselves that they never took accountable actions for. So here they are raising. Hurting people hurt people, right? Yes, right. So here they're raising children. And I remember the first time um, I had my first drink, I I got addicted at 15 uh, to alcohol. And that ran me for a good 10 years. It was that, um, you know, the uh, chasing the drink, chasing that, uh, the culture of drinking, um, anything that, I mean, I was a hospitality major because I thought like being in, you know, being in a in a bar setting was fun, right? So it just kind of set the foundation uh, for for my early uh, childhood. Mm -hmm. Okay. So started drinking at the age of 15. I've got my own experiences with alcohol, but um, so starting that, uh, was, was alcohol the only thing that you were addicted to just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's cool. I just did an interview the other day and she was addicted to more than just alcohol. So i um, and eating and all these other things. And there's so many things that go along with that. So, um, so with, when you were in 
the heaviest of your addiction, like the most trying times, can you tell us a little bit about just touch base on like your emotions or what your thought process was or, and then like kind of lead into where that led you and how you overcame it? Yes, absolutely. Um, so at an early age, I mean, high school, college, right. Um, um, early, uh, years of having a career, I, you know, the alcohol, um, really kind of ran my life. It ran everything I did like, and growing up, it was, if we were happy, we drank, if we were sad, we drank, if there was a celebratory, anything we drank, if it was a football game, we drank, you know? So it was just coping mechanism that I always learned and I was born into. So, um, high school, you know, it was a big party for me. Um, I just loved the, um, the Friday afternoons, right. For the weekend to come and just the, the party atmosphere. And then college came around and, you know, I did what I could, I, I partied my way through college. And then what really happened was, um, I thought if I had a title and a business card, right. At an early age that, you know, it kind of would mask the drinking. Um, but, I knew I had a drinking problem, but I never wanted it to stop because I loved alcohol so much. Right. So it was like, yeah, I know that I black out. I know I wake up and I don't know where I am. I know that I feel guilty and, and, um, I feel shameful and I feel all the things, but also too, at that time, I wasn't walking with the Lord, right. We, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up I grew up in a home that we were raised Catholic and nothing, you know, if you're Catholic, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's a, but we, we grew up in a, um, in my home, just, I'm speaking for where I grew up. We grew up in a fearful, like, it was like, God was like, we were afraid of God. We were always guilty. Right. It was like a, almost like a performance type of thing. So here I am from 15 to 25 drinking, um, being wild. And of course I didn't get close to God because, here I'm thinking that God's not going to forgive me for what I'm doing. Well, God's right? a big scary God, and and a lot of people think that way. It's in in Catholicism. I went to Catholic school and I was okay. Baptist, and so I'm very familiar with like you know all the rules and you got to check the box and show up to do the things and this is how you're supposed to live your life. But that's really not what God is. God is love, right? Forgiveness, grace, mercy, all those things. So right, um, mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. Um, so can you give us a little history of your family? Cause you also said that you're estranged from your, um, your parents and your twin brother. Mm-hmm. And so is there some specific reasons that you would like to share just to give us some context? Okay. Sure. So, um, so I got sober when I was 15. I went into rehab when I, no, sorry. I got sober at 25. I went into rehab when I was 25 and I really started, I was so teachable and coachable. I just didn't want to feel that pain anymore. And, you know, once you get a glimpse of that understanding of there is healing, like I was like, all bets are in, I'm for this, whatever I have to do. So I started healing and growing where now I'm coming from a very dysfunctional background, right? So the way that I could describe it is like picture if you're visual, like I am, and if your listeners are visual, just like picture the baby mobile over the crib and, you know, I'm drinking and and my parents are drinking and my brother's drinking and they're doing their thing and we're all in it together. And then I get off the mobile because I'm getting healthy and strong and the mobile goes wacky. Right. So that's what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the enmeshment, um, the enmeshment and the, the, the um, the bat- like the, it was in, like, it was just the balance was off and the enmeshment started breaking away. So they started lashing out in anger, the healthier I became. 
That's that's interesting because you would think that as family that you that it'd be loving and supportive and encouraging because of you know you're getting healthy and I understand unhealthy people don't have those traits so it's really hard and sometimes and I think a lot of listeners need to hear this because a lot of times like we go and we you know like say we're going to start a business or an MLM business or whatever we go to start that business or we started start to do something to change and those people that we are closest to that we've been around that we think love us unconditionally they kind of like freak out and they discourage us and they say all the negatives and all the stuff right Mm -hmm. and so I appreciate that you're sharing that so um how let's see how did it make you feel in that time like what were some of the things that you went through and how did you overcome that because you know it's really hard I think as women or people that we we desire to please others right I mean I know we should our identities in Christ I know all the things but in the flesh it's completely different so can you walk us through that Thank you, Crystal, for thank you for mentioning that because that's where I wanted to touch on because because I was a people pleaser. I was a uh, you know you asked me earlier if I was addicted to anything else. I wasn't addicted to substances. I was addicted to a lot of emotions, like negative emotions. So I was a people pleaser, and I felt responsible for my immature parents and their and their irresponsible behavior and my brother, right? Because. I honestly, like I was the one that was probably the most level headed in all that because I had to take care of everybody. And that led me to go in a drink after I left the house because I could deal like my emotions made me drink. It wasn't because I was partying with them. Right. Like I felt so bad about like the circumstances of them not feeling good about themselves, or I was always trying to pick them up. And then I was like, then self-medicating with alcohol. So it was really, really like, kind of like, you know, messed up. Bad cycle, right? Yeah. It was just a vicious, that bad cycle. So what happened was the Lord, um, he put my husband in my life and, you know, we met and he, um, he was always so rational. And when I was around, I was getting healthy. Now I was two years sober and he would kind of say, I don't know if this behavior is kind of normal, you know? And I'm like, it's my parents, like, it's okay. And it was like, do or die. Right. It was like everything for them. I would put them first. And then what happened was like, I didn't know God was working on me, but it was God. And he was showing me like, you know, you start putting your spouse first. Right. And, um, the thing that led to the kind of like the, the, um, estranged, um, relationship was I became pregnant with our first child, our son. And, during that time, it was when I was pregnant, my, my mom just, I, 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 my mother, I, she, she was just really, really unhealthy. It was like, she was pregnant, right? It was like her baby. Right. And I start putting boundaries in place now because to defend my husband. And I was always like, if you, if you're listening to this and I, if you can relate to this, I'm sorry that you have to be put through this, but it's like, you're the gummy bear, like you're stretched, like you want to make things right with your husband. And, but then you have your mom that you you're, you're tied to. And it's like this fight, right? This tug of, this is the most unnatural tug of war. So I became pregnant and I had our son and I started really putting my family first. And, um, the thing that happened was, um, things weren't good with my mom and I, and she called me and she said, I want to see your son. And I said, mom, you know, things aren't really good with us. Let's make it better between us first. And my son was premature, a lot of complications when he was born. So it was a very stressful time. 
And uh, she said, well, I got a lawyer. I'm going to take you to court for grandparent rights. And that was the last time we spoke. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll see you in court. And we hung up and um, that was the last time we spoke. So the Lord really kind of closed that door so close, um, so so hard that um, that's where we were at. Mm -hmm. Okay, so did she actually take you to court for grandparent rights? She did. And um, we were living in Pennsylvania at the time. And um, um, there's no, oh, and yes, she did. And she brought up a lot of slander and um, a lot of things that, you know, I was already sober saying I was, you know, a lot of lies and slander and um, grandparent rights there in Pennsylvania was not a thing. Um, so we did have a lawyer to protect us. And the day of the hearing, uh, emotionally, she couldn't handle it. So she didn't show up. So it was all you know, it was out the door. So that's in all the details. And mm -hmm. he worked that out. I mean, that's, that's gotta be really traumatic to go through. I, I, what comes to mind is like a personal attack, right. From somebody that you, that raised you, that you would think that would love you forever and be there and all the things like that's, that's, it's traumatizing. Like, I, I mean, this is what I get to do. I get to listen to people's traumas and stories and, um, and so you've been able to forgive your, your mom, right. And your parents for doing the things that they've done, but you are estranged from them. So can you help um, and share this with our listeners? Like, how did you get to that place of where you actually were able to forgive them and, but, and explain like why you can forgive, but not be reconciled? Mm hmm so um after that I you know I, I went into protection mode of my family you know like I mean I was in hiding and no social media I never had social media because of I didn't want people to find out where I was and where I lived I cut all ties from my family friends high school I mean I was really living in isolation mode fear I was just fear-based uh because right. my babies I'm protecting my family at this point um and so um so that was about 16 years ago. And at the end, then I, um, this, then we had, so my son was born and then 18 months later, my daughter was born and the Lord was working on me so hard then I didn't even know. Right. Um, I got busy with motherhood. You know, I got busy, um, providing, um, just doing the things and it was not even, I couldn't even say crystal. It was an option. I could not even try to open that door because of the fact that everything that came my way was vicious. Everything was toxic. There was no forgiveness on their end. Like I was the problem for everything. So like when you're the problem for everything, and if, if you're listening and you can understand this, eventually either a, you feel like you are the problem or B you're tired of hearing that you're the problem. So you're really going to remove yourself. Right. So that's what happened. Like, I'm like, I know, I know I've done work on myself. I know I'm getting healthy. I am not perfect, but I know I'm not the problem. You're the root cause of your problems. You're the problem of your problems. Right. So mm -hmm. until someone started taking accountability for their own actions, I couldn't have that relationship with them. So over the years, what does that look like for me to like start that forgiveness process without uh, reconciliation. Um, you know, the Lord came, you know, the Lord, I, I was saved about, I've been walking with the Lord now for um, eight years now. And, the, and when the Lord saved me, um, I never had 
before um, I let the Holy Spirit really invade my heart, I never had this bitterness. It was almost like the Lord kind of made me numb. It's a protection, right? Like I, I don't remember a lot of things and um, it's not because it's not, I have a bad memory. It's because the Lord protect me in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can't even response like things that are traumatic. I don't, I've had a lot of really traumatic things and I've learned that there's a trauma response where, and it is, it is, I agree with it where it's that God's protection. Some people are like, Oh, you're just blocking it out. Well, no, not really. Like, I just don't remember a lot of those things. And I do agree with you. Like that's, that's huge. Cause I don't think anybody's ever explained it to me like that. Like that's God's protection over us. And he walks us through all the things, right? Like he knows what's going to happen before we know what's going to happen. And he's, um, he guides and leads things. And yes, there's free will. And there's all the, you know, a lot of people say things like, oh, well, God, why did God let that happen? Or God did this or, you know, whatever. And I don't really agree. I think like our experiences put us in a position. Um, well, it depends on our perception, right? Perceptions, everything. So I've been through a lot of traumatic things. God's blessed me with that. What you just said, I love, thank you. I'm going to steal that by the way. Um, you know, he protects us from those memories. Um, and, but he's in all those things. And I just think that's really cool. Right. And he's yeah. in all the details. Yeah. And, like, and yeah. you know, yeah, like that numbness in my heart, like I don't have any feelings like, and I am so grateful. Like I, I don't, when I think about my family that I was born into, I, I don't have feelings. Did I go to therapy? Absolutely. Right. Like there was like, yeah. Right. Like, yes, <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> yes. Like therapy. Yes. Right? right. But, um, I don't have, I don't have a sadness. I don't have, I, I have like almost like a numbness. It's like a protection over my heart, but I know that's the Lord. And this is why is because my husband and I are dedicated to raising our children in a Christian family. And on a, in a Christian foundation. And if I walked around with bitterness and if I walked around with unforgiveness and like, how would I be, why, like, how would I be a good steward to him for our children? You know? So like, you know, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about my kids. It's about my family. The generational cycles had to be broken. Mm -hmm. And I was just on the front lines of it. That's all. Right. So that's, that's awesome. So like you just mentioned generational, right? So um, there's people that believe in generational curses. There's, I'm one that does believe in that, right? And there's a lot of things that have been passed down. And I look at like my personal family history of how things, um, all the things that have happened. And I am still married. My, my mom's been married several times. My father's been married several times. My father's an alcoholic. Um, They both have these very, individual stories, um, you know, honoring our mother and our father, biblically speaking. Um, I try to do that. I, I actually now have a relationship with my father and, and mom and I are working things, you know, Mm -hmm. God's at the center. And so as long as I can keep my eyes on Jesus and I'm careful before I am around my parents, things are working on the improving, improving part. Um, and so, um, it's, it's, I think for Christians, it can cause some, um, confusion of that honoring our parents, our mother and our father, like what the Bible says, and then actually having a relationship with them. And then how do we, 
How do Mm -hmm. we decide if it's, you know, they're really unhealthy. And so we're protecting ourselves and loving ourselves more. That's kind of a term that I use. I like to love myself more than putting myself in a position that might be hurtful or not healthy for my, my current state. And so, um, any words of wisdom on that? Well, um, you know, I know I, if I want to know how to, um, instill boundaries in my life, I'm going to look to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. And God makes it clear who he is and what he's not. He's love. He's not darkness. Right. He is, um, he knows that he's, he knows he's patient and he knows he there's, you know, kindness there, but also he doesn't let everyone into his world. Right. There has to be requirements for, right. There has to be some kind of responsibility to get into his world. Right. And there's not much, right. You just have to, you just have to want a relationship with them and repent. Right. So it's like, but if people are not going to take the first step of being accountable and being responsible for their actions and, and having, uh, you know, myself, you know, or yourself, like being like the personal frustration punching bag all the time. Well, you know what, that's not what the Lord wants for me. And I am clear on that. Right. Because how am I going to show up as a spouse and a mom which that's my job, right? That's what I'm equipped to do, but I'm not equipped to lose myself as a daughter because the irresponsibilities of the actions of my parents. Listen, I'll pray for you. I'll come alongside you, but until the healing happens, right? Then forgiveness happens, right? So I heal. Selfish to have boundaries, right? So what is what is a bound? What does a healthy boundary look like when you have an unhealthy parent? Do you have any words for that? Um, well, I would go <laughs> to, fun. yeah. And, and, you know, I would really go like to the Bible. Like I would look to uh, the word on that. And um, what, um, what comes to my mind is, you know, um, is that we are re- responsible for our actions, but we're not responsible for other people's irresponsible actions. They're not our burdens to carry. And if I could read um, a scripture for you, I don't know if I have, if I have it handy, I'll pull it out. Oh yeah, I do. Um, if I could read, um, if that's okay, if I could read, um, it's going to be, um, Galatians six, two and five, and it says carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ for each one should carry their own load. Right. Mm -hmm. And this could be financially, emotionally, spiritually, that we are as Christians misinterpreted that verse that we're supposed to carry. It's our Christian duty and obligation to carry other ones, heavy burdens. Right. But that's not true because sympathizing with their hurt, we can do that. You know, mom, dad, I'm sorry that you're, you grew up as alcoholics, right. Or your parents were alcoholics or whatever. And we could sympathize with their hurt, but what we can't do is take the burden of the responsibility of their actions, right? Um, We can help ease the ache and the hardship of the burden that's been placed on them, but it's not ours to own. Right. I love that. So thank you for that, because I think that might help a lot of the listeners just knowing, I mean, it's not our burden to carry, right? And, And it's not our responsibility to, to fix or to heal. And that's why we have Jesus, right? That's my understanding. Um, and so I do, I pray for both my parents. Um, I actually didn't talk to my dad for, it was well over 10 years, maybe closer to like 
14, 15, something like that. And we've been able to, at this point, reconcile. But, it, you know, I used to pray for God to work on his heart, to soften mm-hmm. his heart, to, um, I, I just, I prayed for him a lot. And I, I pray for my mom too. And I still pray for both of my parents. Um, you know, my dad's like 64 years old, I think. And I have a four-year-old sister and a 35-year-old mom, new mom. <clears throat> and um, that was a, that's an interesting dynamic. So I had to do a lot of praying, not just for them, but for myself. Yeah. <laughs> so um, highly dysfunctional family as well. But um, it's been really neat to see how God's worked in all of that stuff and how he's in all those details and the things that I've prayed for that I never thought were ever going to get answered. I've actually got to see God work on my dad's heart, whether my dad knows it's because of God and praying and all that is that's not my problem, but um, I get to see the fruit of all of those years of praying and it's really, really neat. And so um, I know God can change anything or do anything. And I don't know where we are on time, but do you have, um, and I appreciate your story. So can you just give the listeners a couple tips of, you know, maybe some steps of, you know, what a healthy boundary mm-hmm. looks like and, and a, a tangible takeaway piece that may, may help them be okay with forgiving, but not rest reconciling, I guess. Absolutely. The forgiveness piece, you know, I, I just, um, for myself, I had to look at my own heart and and it's like a weeding process, right? I just have to start landscaping the heart and getting out all those weeds that are not going to bloom for you, right? They're not going to bring this beautiful um, season of growth, right? So it's getting that out. And then also when it comes to the boundaries piece is understanding and being, getting when it comes to the boundaries, please peace is getting so still that you're starving those distractions around you. So you could clearly hear his voice, mm. clearly feel his spirit and giving, sometimes you have to give yourself permission to forgive. I need permission. And sometimes it's just realizing that, um, you know, that people have to carry, they're responsible for their own load and, and they have to answer directly to God for their actions and their irresponsibilities, but it cannot be shifted onto us, right? Once we start taking on other people's emotional debt, because I did it for so long, that's when we lose our identity, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, mm-hmm. you have so many great points. Um, so just for the listeners, like she's a coach, clearly she's amazing and she's brilliant, right? Um, and so what is your main topic that you coach on? Um, starving distractions and building boundaries. So you could step into the treasure of his peace. And I, I know it all too well. And I, and I don't, I don't coach on it because um, there needs to be a need of it. I coach on it because it was my experience and my experience is not for me to hold on to. It's for, so I can bless others with that. So that's where I am today, Crystal. I love it. And, um, and it's coach, it's not coach. I'm sorry. It's Megan DeVito, um, dot com. So awesome. And we will put that out. So I appreciate your time today, coach Megan. Thank you very much. I feel really blessed. I actually gained some knowledge from you and I'm super excited because I love learning from my guests. Um, so thank you. And I hope you all have a great day.